Welcome to Fly on the Wall, a podcast where you have the opportunity to listen in on a live coaching conversation. Please make sure to like and subscribe. And now for today's episode. How's everything going, man? Going good, going good, man. We are uh, rolling and just trying to walk through this uprise of COVID again. And our yeah. state is trying to shut things down again. And so uh, just fun. Oh man, yeah, it's uh, it's a little nutsoes these days, that's for sure. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know anything about all those restrictions, though, being in California. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, man, how can I how can I serve you today, and uh, you know, help you uh, help you in your ministry? Absolutely. Well, my first question that I would like to ask is, how do you lead separating lead staff and like lead team volunteers? Uh, Where's the expectations, uh, the lines that are drawn uh, with dealing with staff versus lead teams that are uh, that are taking care of different ministries in the church, and without having the um, emotions and struggles of what's expected. Yeah. Are, now, are the uh, so you have a staff, obviously, your lead team. Uh, are you talking about volunteers that are part of the staff? Would you consider them staff members, that, but they're volunteer, or are you just saying key leaders that are not? Uh, I, I would, I would, I would see. That's one of the things I'm trying to do is is, is figure out that line between um, adding people to uh, staff group messaging and things like that to where uh, they are volunteers. The expectations have to be different, yep. and. Uh, not dealing with, um, um, you know, you expect this from staff, but with volunteers that are, you know, leading a team. Yeah. The, the struggle of, of um, what they have, what, what's expected of them in wow. ministry. Yeah, I think that, I think, one, I do think there is a, there obviously is a line. It's very different, you know, when you're paying someone versus not. Uh, I will say that, um I will say this, that most people probably wouldn't say this, but I think that, um, man, if you treat people, uh, this is going to sound like an oxymoron. If you treat people like volunteers, they act like volunteers uh, as, yeah. as key leaders. Now, what I mean by that is they are volunteers. You want to honor them and bless them and all that. That's what I'm saying. But if you don't have some sort of level of expectation on them, um, I think that is... Uh, you got to have a level of expectation. Uh, and if it's kind of like, Oh, you're just a volunteer and I get it. Don't worry about it. And Oh yeah, you didn't follow through and you, you flaked out. Like, I don't think that's the way we should treat it. Um, I think that you have to have an expectation, uh, on your key leader volunteers, uh, because otherwise they just sort of, uh, kind of go back to uh, reverting back to just, well, I'm a volunteer. Don't worry about it, dude. I love the dog in the background. Who, who's that? Who's dog? Oh, that's is that? my, I mean, that, that's Lucy. <laughs> Lucy. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. The, uh, that's awesome. The, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so, uh, but I think you have to have an expectation on them. And here's the other thing you have to have an expectation. Uh, otherwise they, kind of go to, oh, I'm just a volunteer, so don't expect much of me. Um, I don't think that's good. Uh, the second thing is, I, um, I think you have to be clear about your expectations. Where does frustration come? Frustration is always a result of unmet expectations. So right. if, if, 
if they're not meeting your expectation, you're going to get frustrated because they're not meeting it. And now there's friction in the relationship. And a lot of times, Brian, is because we don't establish that expectation up front. And I think that's an important part. This is exactly what I expect of you. This is what I'm, this is what this position holds. This is what's expected. Here's how long I think it's going to take. Can you do this? If they can't do it, that's okay that they can't do it. But um, you have to lay out expectation. I think, you know, you've heard me say this before. To be unclear is to be unkind. If you're not clear about your expectations, I think that's unkind. Uh, so be clear about them, but don't, with, with, with grace and kindness and mercy, don't be afraid to hold them accountable to it either. Yeah. Um, because if you just, if you, if you let them slack a little bit and slack a little bit, it's not just you being gracious in the slacking to that one person. It actually affects 22 other people. Sure. And then if you, here's one thing I always say, one of the worst things you can do for your strong team members is to tolerate a bad one. Yeah. If you tolerate a bad one, it's bad for the good ones. Uh, so be clear on the expectations and don't be afraid to hold it to them. Uh, obviously politely and nice and kind and grace and mercy and all that. But, uh, I, I think the challenge usually isn't with staff. It's how do we treat volunteer leaders? Uh, and so that's things I would say, lay down expectation, be clear about them, hold them accountable to it, but be upfront about it. Um, if you start tolerating this person slacking and that person slacking, you're the one that ends up losing. Well, the ministry loses, but you do because your stronger members start questioning your leadership uh, and they start seeing you tolerate bad behavior. And that usually bleeds out to other bad things. Sure. Uh, a part B of that, I would say, too, is how do you deal with the comments that, well, I don't get paid? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Again, um, Again, uh, I'm not saying that will solve the problem right now, but I do think that is a worthy conversation up front. Hey, like pretending I'm the pastor, you're the volunteer, Brian, man, I'm going to have you be head over X, Y, Z. Here's, here's the job description. I think that's so important, even though they're volunteer leaders, sure. here's sort of what's expected to of you. Here's it's all in there. Here's, you know, I'm thinking it's going to take you three hours a month, four hours a month, whatever. Um, I, you're a volunteer. Uh, and, but, and that means that you're giving your time, but I'm, I'm going to hold you to that expectation. Uh, and I would, I would go as far as, you know, sometimes Brian's people can get like, well, I don't get paid for this. And I really want to help you and, and hope that you guard your heart from that. Uh, yeah. and just say it right up front, get it out in the open up front. Let me throw one more thing at you since it's kind of in that expectation world. I think it's also good. Now, granted, you know, as you grow 400, 600 and 800, you know, that doesn't get as easy. I think it's always good sometimes to flip it the other way and go, what expectation? Now let's pretend I'm the pastor and you're the key volunteer leader and you're, I, I'm meeting with you. What expectation do you have on me? That's good. Because now I know what you're expecting of me and I can manage that. Well, I'm expecting that you're going to spend two hours every week with me. Okay. Hold on a second. I can't do yeah. that. Now, now everybody's expectations, both this way and this way are established and it's clear. And so I think again, back to the, Hey, I don't get paid thing. I think that's a clarity up front. Uh, okay. but I'm glad we talked about that because 
I think it's always fun to go. And what are you expecting from me? Yeah. Once in a while, they're going to throw something on you. You're going to be like, I can't live. There's no way I can do that. Sure. You know, and then they're mad and they get quietly frustrated, which is the worst because that always leads to bad things. And yes, will set those expectations up front. I agree. Good to do well, with your paid staff. Fun. I know you have some paid staff. Yes, sir. So as you hire staff for the future, just a little side note, great thing to do with your staff. What, what are you expecting of me? What, how can I meet your need? How can I add value to you? What are you expecting of me? Because, again, a year later, they're on staff. They're quietly frustrated. They're going to go home and talk to their spouse about it, guaranteed. Uh, and what they, what they just did is they put an expectation on you that they never voiced. Yeah. And yeah. That is that's, a sure, that's a sure to be a disaster. And so I sure. am a yeah. huge fan of getting very clear up front of expectations. Okay. That's, that's good. I like that. Manages. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my next question for you is, is how do you coach staff or volunteers that don't take criticism? Well, how do you lead a conversation with, uh, a staff or volunteer who may not be meeting those expectations or uh, you're just, you're just struggling with some of the, the, the attitudes or whatever it may be. How do you, how do you coach them when they're, they don't take criticism well? Um, if they don't take criticism as well, you just kind of look at them and say, dude, why are you such a loser? No, I'm joking. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, God, you're just getting on my nerves. No. Um, that right. probably wouldn't work. <laughs> but no, I'm just joking. But uh, no, I think that's a, a, a good one. I, I do think that um, it sounds like what you're asking, just to reframe it, is hey, I want to deal with certain people sometimes, but some of those people, man, it's like walking on eggshells around them because any little word I say turns into this, you're criticizing me, Pastor. And you're like, that's not at all what I meant. Is that, did I put that together yeah. right? Sure. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and, and also maybe a mentality, somebody that's a strong personality who doesn't see that they're doing something outside of what you're wanting, even when you bring it to them. Mm. Well, let's talk about the criticism. First of all, uh, one, um, I do think that um, I think that's part of the process of bringing on leaders and key volunteers is is always making sure that we're clear that, hey, we'll deal with things. Hey, our spirit and our culture and our leadership team is that we deal with things, that we don't have any problem having the tough conversation. If having a tough conversation is difficult for you, it might not be the leadership team to be on. Uh, again, I know that's upfront stuff. Um, if you're dealing with people that are critical, uh, I don't know if I have a masterful sort of just do this and they won't feel criticized. The, the criticism that they accept or feel, shouldn't say accept, but feel, um, it's, it's, uh, it goes a lot deeper than what you're doing at the church. It's probably who they are. They're 40 years old. They've been this way since they were a kid. They, they grew up that way. They went through college. They, they, or whatever, they grew up, they had parents, they went through college, something happened at work. Like they're arriving to you probably already sensitive towards criticism. And so sure. you just need to know, like, 
ugh, you know, it's, it's, it is who they are. It is not, it's not just uh, secluded or just to the, uh, just to the church. It's more of like every, it's their life. So I think you got to know that, you know, man, when you're dealing with people that have a hard time with criticism, uh, it's, it's probably going to be there uh, because it's already been there. I say all that to say one, I think you have to bring it into the culture of the team up front, tell them up front, but also in the culture of your team, we accept criticism. Well, we are not afraid of difficult conversations. That's the culture of our team. I think that has to continue to be taught throughout your team as it pertains to specific people that you're thinking of right now, which I'm sure you've got a name or two in your mind. Uh, <laughs> you probably do. Uh, don't say their name. Uh, but um, Chris Songs. Oh. <laughs> His name is Chris Songs. He's, He's my friend. Um, the uh, I would just say, you know, do the best that you can. Code it with a bunch of love. Code it with mercy. Code it with grace. But no, it's probably more them than you and if they have a hard time handling criticism and making changes you know leadership might not be the thing for them right now and that's okay yeah, that's that's good that's good yeah uh, but, and that's tough I, I i it's tough i get it uh but don't let it be the thing that causes you to avoid the tough conversation because if you sure. avoid the tough conversation again stronger members are going to start questioning you like why doesn't he deal with that doesn't he see her, her bad attitude doesn't he see that he talks why isn't he dealing with that and you don't want the stronger members to start questioning the strength of your leadership but yeah what else you got for me today that's good that's good well my, my last question is how do you rebuild after a critical turnover in your team or staff um and, and what, what do you know, how do you know what to focus on when you had a strong personality on your staff, a uh, lot of leader, a lot of followers there, and you're trying to uh, correct some things or just refocus how we're doing ministry? How, how do you lead that after a turnover? So if I'm understanding you, uh, there's a turnover in a staff. Uh, how do you, Yes. are you saying, how do you rebuild the staff or are you saying, because you mentioned, I just want to make sure I'm clearly understanding. You mentioned a strong leader who had influences. So help me understand the, the, the clarify a little bit more for me, if you could, the question. Okay. 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 So there was a strong leader who uh, had toxic traits yep. and that leader is now gone. And you're trying to, you're trying to redirect uh, uh, ministry because they were doing some toxic things and dealing damage control, uh, dealing with uh, rebuilding your staff and being healthy. Okay. Uh, one, you know, if they're what you focus on. Yeah. Well, um, one, I think I probably bring this, to, you know, I, I mean, these are several things in no specific order, but based on the information that you gave me, um, I think first you have to evaluate Brian, where did I go wrong? Mm -hmm. Did I, should I have not hired that person? Uh, did I think that somehow joining our team would make them less toxic? Uh, did I think that I could change their behavior? Uh, I'm not saying any of that's true, but I think you have to ask yourself those honest questions. Like, where did I go wrong? Where, where, where did this, did I wait too long? Did I not address it early enough? Did I not notice the subtle behavior? 
uh, early enough? Did I, was I afraid to address it? Was I afraid of the fallout? Um, did I, did I hire the person knowing they had a problem or did I hire the person because I, and, and, uh, I didn't dig in deep enough to figure out if there was problems. Did I, was I willfully blind to it? Like, I know there's a problem, but I, it'll be, you know, and you just kind of, it'll be okay. I think you have to ask some honest questions because otherwise you'll end up making the same mistake again. Uh, second thing I would say is I think whenever you have a little bit of a turnover, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to reestablish your staff values of who you guys are and how you'll operate. Um, yeah. There are three really, you and I think I've talked about this, but there's, there's core values, aspirational values, and accidental values. And that's a whole different teaching, but um, the, what, what, what I would look at is sort of those staff aspirational values, things that you're working towards, like, hey, we will be a, we will be a team that, that uh, um, is honest with each other. We will be a team that operates in love. We will be a team that, you know, follows the Matthew 18 principle, like whatever, whatever it is that you want to do. I think it's a great opportunity after you've evaluated yourself to go in and take with the staff and, and say, Hey, and be honest. And, you know, Hey, we had a turnover. We've had some toxic, we've had some ugly things said, uh, but we're not going to live there. We're going to learn from that. Going forward, here's what we're going to be. Um, I think some people don't want to have, some fascists crack me up because they're like, well, I don't want to have that honest conversation, you know, about like, we were toxic before. I go, you don't think they knew? <laughs> like, you think that's a mystery? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, they knew you were toxic, so just say it. <laughs> uh, hey, this was toxic. This wasn't good. Here's where we were. But we're not going to be that anymore. Um that's how I would move forward. It would be an opportunity to reestablish the staff values that you know you need to have, um, whatever those may be. Um, but let me ask you, what do you think you did? Just out of curiosity, what do you think you did learn from it? Oh, I, I definitely learned that uh, when you, well, my, my wife has this statement that I think is so powerful. Uh, don't be a collector of red flags. And wow. uh, that's good. <laughs> That'll be going in That's my book. A good one. She's not getting the credit and it's going in my book. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she says, don't be a collector of red flags. And uh, I saw things. Uh, I thought I addressed them. And uh, the other thing, too, I, fi I figured out was uh, uh, didn't put a lot of accountability to it. I allowed it to be um, at that table. I thought it was fixed and it got better at being hit mm -hmm. and i learned uh just again that analogy that uh people don't respect what you don't inspect mm -hmm. and and so i i really allowed um i, I allowed some things to go undealt with mm -hmm. and thought it would like you said it, it'll it'll clear up it's you know i've already discussed it i'm trusting them to make that right decision and it didn't happen. And I, I, I guess I assume the same atmosphere or the same thinking that created the problem is the same thinking that'll get me out of it. And it, it didn't work that way. Wow. I, you know, we don't need to talk about the specific person or, or anything like that. But um, I remember when I think I was out there doing some coaching with you uh, and we sat inside of a Chipotle, I think, or something like that. Yes. And I, 
it, I, I don't know if we're talking about the same person now, but I remember saying to you, you need to keep an eye on that person. There's something there. Uh, is yes. that the person? Yes. Oh, <laughs> well, well, once in a while, I'm right. Not very often, but <laughs> I, I, man, I, I think that's a great, it's so good. I think one of the greatest roles and responsibility of a leader is to define reality. And you're defining the reality. Like, dude, I, I let it go. Uh, maybe I was a little afraid. Maybe I just believed the best. Maybe I, whatever reason, but I, I let it go and I won't do that again. Uh, now always be done with mercy, always be done with love and grace, every conversation, of course, but, um, sure. the writing was on the wall and, um, it's when we let it go, it just, you, you heard me say this before, man, pay now or pay later, but if you pay later, yes. you'll pay more. And, yep. <laughs> and that's such the truth, man. But Hey dude, man, our time is up, but man, it has been awesome talking with you, bro. It really has been. Really hey, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. I appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, we'll talk to you later, buddy. Thanks for stopping by today. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to like subscribe and to be on the lookout for more podcasts from fly on the wall. See you next time.